0: This is Lawrence and Bruno. And welcome to Cybersecurity Talks, the interview podcast for cybersecurity professionals and for those who aspire to become one. My name is Jacht, and with me is my co-host Bruno Weinborg. Together we interview industry experts and explore what it's like to work in cybersecurity domain. Join us on our journey and listen to our bi-weekly episodes and learn about the latest trends, real-life war stories, and everything you need to know about this fascinating industry. Welcome back to another episode of Cybersecurity Talks. We're very excited to announce today's guest, Jelle Niemanstedt. Jelle is a national security officer at Microsoft and has been active in the cybersecurity domain since 2004. Prior to joining Microsoft, he worked for companies such as Accenture, Fox IT, Verizon and Deloitte. During these 18 years, Jelle investigated some of the largest data breaches in the world. Originally from the Netherlands, Jelle lived in uh, in the UK for seven years and traveled all over the world to advise multinational companies. Jelle graduated as a Master of Science in Artificial Intelligence, which I find very cool, and later also completed his MBA from the University of Chicago. Besides that, he holds the CISM and CISSP certifications. Jelle is also an international guest speaker on television, radio, and major cybersecurity conferences such as Black Hat and the One Conference. Jelle, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
1: My pleasure. What you need to know about me.
0: We always start with uh, the same line of questions. So uh, here goes. What meal do you start your day with?
1: Uh, Yoghurt with uh gruseli. Nice. Android or iOS? iOS. What's your favorite phone app? Ooh, um, most probably WhatsApp
0: okay working from home office or a mix a mix actually I want to jump back uh, whatsapp is it not signal
1: well it, it, no it's uh, because I want to be able to actually uh, send messages to people who will also read them or receive them <laughs> and uh, as as much good as many good things as you can say about signal um, yeah there's still not enough people I think who use it uh, and might also be some of the features. That are not as good yet as WhatsApp.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I fully uh, agree. It's hard to switch because yeah, not yeah, everybody's on it. Yeah.
1: No, indeed. Yeah.
0: Okay. Are you a gamer? No. Okay. Laptop, desktop, server, or VM? <laughs>
1: uh laptop.
0: What's a guilty pleasure of yours?
1: But I uh, used uh, used to watch uh, and rewatch the old Knight Rider uh, episodes, um, but this was still on VHS uh, video. And then I fast forwarded them a little bit, and this was something that my student, uh, uh, the, the people I lived in the student house with, was always were always making jokes about. So that was that's definitely a, a guilty pleasure uh, for sure. Okay, and cloud or on prem? The cloud.
0: First word that comes to mind when I say cybersecurity? People. Nice. And your password?
1: <laughs> well, the, actually, password less. Uh. <laughs> okay. The beginnings. And now you work as
0: a, a national security officer at Microsoft. It's a very broad term. Can you uh, elaborate what what the position entitles?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a a vague role, you could almost say. It's, it's I of, often compare it to. Um, sort of an ambassador almost, like an ambassador to a country. And in my case, then um, an ambassador for Microsoft. Um, so yeah, representing Microsoft to our customers, to partners, to the government, um, to help them, yeah, deal with with cybersecurity challenges. Um, and it's then mostly about, um, how we as Microsoft are taking uh, care of our security. Yeah. Um, and not so much about the security products which of course we also uh, uh, have to t- and, and are adding more and more to the to the portfolio so it's often about what do we do to keep our services secure uh, and of course and also those discussions especially when you're talking cloud um what do we do as microsoft what should you do as a customer and yeah, yeah what are the potentially gray areas uh, that you should really carefully think about yeah so that's uh, and yeah that's and and, and Part of that is then also indeed dealing with these very practical customer questions where we try to scale as much as we can. Um So not uh, ideally we answer a question that immediately uh, solves a problem for a whole uh, industry vertical or maybe even a whole country. Um, and part of it is also uh, more... Uh, evangelizing you could say so again speaking at conferences uh, taking part in, in webinars those kinds of things telling what our f- vision uh, about security is uh, basically
0: yeah and a podcast from time a podcast to time fits, <laughs> fits very
1: well indeed yeah. that's, uh, for, that's definitely a good uh, addition to the mix
0: yeah great and I don't want to start at the beginning of your career because uh, you have an educational background in uh, artificial intelligence what what made you decide to take this study
1: yeah well and actually uh, before that I actually uh, started but didn't finish uh, studying medicine okay so uh, I, I sort of dabbled around in that for 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 a few years even so uh, w- was getting quite far but at some point re- felt like yeah this is actually not really the career uh, for me and yeah then um, started to explore what I of course wanted to do then instead uh, always liked computers and did, did a lot with it already um, and yeah, found this uh, artificial intelligence um, sort of like a. Yeah, I don't think the term exists anymore. But it was like you, you, if you had already passed your proper, proper exam, then you could do uh, could do this uh, this study. Um, and yeah, it, it it felt like very practically um, then something that I could. Finish in three years. Um, but I also really liked that the way it was set up in, in Groningen, where I studied, that it combined not only the, the technical elements, so programming and physics and math, um, but also uh philosophy, uh language studies, yeah. uh, economics, uh, psychology. Really, sort of this philosophy of we we're gonna teach you more or less how a human brain works, and then yeah, give you some insights into how you could maybe build something that tries to do some of those things.
0: Yeah, because back then, because this was uh, around the 2000s, yeah. it was really futuristic. Mm.
1: And that was also why, uh, I guess, uh, l- looking back, I, I didn't immediately really continue in, in the field because I, it felt like, Yeah, yes, it's promising. um, But uh, um, let's say you're going to, I don't know, pursue a uh, a PhD or or do something else, and then you'll work for four or five years, uh, and then you've programmed a camera that can say that the wall is black. Yeah, yeah, great. it's, it's only a few years after I gradu- graduated with, yeah, the, I think especially the rising computing power that all of a sudden more practical elements uh, yeah, b- became, uh, became visible and became practical.
0: Yeah. And is there something that you currently still use that you've learned during this master degree?
1: Yeah I think I think especially the um economics part is uh, so so like yeah human human centered design th- those kinds of topics uh, at least th- the interest that it sparked uh, yeah has still continued throughout my career um really this notion of we yeah you, you can design design something on paper and you've probably done it with the best interests and uh, it looked great on paper and as soon as you put it in someone's hands they're going to use it in a in probably in a different way than you intended and in I think in our field we still then in those cases are saying no 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 you're doing it wrong uh you're sort of the iPhone you're holding it wrong uh yeah. idea and gonna um yeah maybe educate people and put up signs on the wall and and tell people louder and in bigger fonts and maybe colors, whatever. Um but I think in, in, in those kinds of courses you were really taught like yeah the, the user finishes the design. Um, if they're using it in a different way than you intended it yeah that's probably then the way um it 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 sort of feels if you want to use it and yeah then then you should probably adapt towards that situation instead of trying to push people back to your paper design and that's yeah uh, not something we do a lot yet in in security it's it's improving i think but um there's still a lot of uh, ground to cover there
0: yeah and then with the artificial intelligence you mentioned that that was also the introduction to computer science and uh was that also the introduction to cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, a little bit, I guess. It's it's because um, I was on, on on the way here thinking uh, thinking a little bit, uh, and in a way, I think I always had a little bit of this, yeah, curiosity, a bit of a hacker mindset, which which is really overstating if I use that word, but with with things like on on in the high school. Being confronted with a, a, a massive phone bill because me and a, a classmate um, were doing um, yeah some sort of telematics, as it was still called, project um, where the school was actually really proud that we could communicate with, using some form of pre-email uh, okay. system with other schools, and, and um, but but while we were doing that, we also explored ways to. Yeah, use sort of BBS like systems and and uh, read news from Reuters and all that, um, not knowing that that actually incurred a massive phone bill. Uh, and so, th- th- thinking back, there was still these these moments when I was sort of literally dragged by my by my uh, by my neck um, by the technical assistants to to go to the headmaster's office, saying, "Hey, this is this." well in that the time thousands of guilders of uh bill what have you been doing what have you done with the computer yeah. um, i guess that's sort of where it started uh and, and from there building on to in, in early study days um doing a lot at the uh, at my rowing club um including building the website uh writing software to um to do time management and, and regatta management um and I think, especially in those with, with, in, in those days, you had, of course, with with competing st- uh, rowing clubs, there was a bit of rivalry and a bit of, yeah, again hacking kind of uh, poking around. Uh, so that at least made me aware, like, okay, if I build something, if I put it on the internet, I should be, I should think a little bit about people abusing it. Um, yeah. So that was probably also what what sparked my interest uh, towards this space.
0: It's interesting because I feel every. Uh, book from hacker starts this way that during high school uh, they they started fooling around on the computers at school and then yeah, it's, having it's, these crazy uh, phone it, bills and being dragged to the, <laughs> yeah, the well, college it's uh, yeah it,
1: it it is and it, it and, and again looking back it was was funny that this this the school was like I, like i said they had just had this sponsored by, by KPN i think this this computer room and at the uh, uh, the, the the days where, where where prospective students could come they were actually putting us in front of the computer as sort of poster boys of of look how innovative we are! Look what these what these young uh, bright people are doing! Uh, but then, indeed, only a few months later, to find out that uh, they didn't fully understand everything uh, we were doing. That's uh,
0: yeah. So you 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 walked the, the the footsteps of a hacker, or you almost became a doctor, and now you're a national security officer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing story. And you started your career at Accenture, and then uh, I think after two years, you joined Fox IT. Yeah. And a lot of guests on the show have <laughs> a history with with Fox IT. What was the reason to join Fox IT? Because I think it was back then a relatively small company if you compare it with. Accenture. Yeah, I know it
1: was because was, I think when I joined, we were like probably fifty people, five zero. Um, so definitely a lot smaller. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, and, and uh, it was actually a radio interview with Ronald, uh, Ronald Prince that I heard uh, when I was, I think, driving back home, um, and. In, in, it was in the days that that fox had just uh, uh, acquired or, or the, the the former philips crypto division and i think he was being interviewed about that and telling a bit about fox it and i was like wow i, I didn't even know we had these kinds of companies in the netherlands this sounds pretty cool um checked them out and um, yeah also looked at the 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 careers section on the website and there they had this vacancy for a, i think it was called forensic it expert and I really had this feeling like, okay, reading through the jobs back, um, they've described this is me, uh, only my name's not on top yet, but, uh, I, I pretty much tick so many of these boxes, uh, I should really give this a go. And, um, yeah. And then I managed apparently to convince them as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah the, that's how I, uh, how, how I came there. And, uh, and it was adding to that, I think a good time because indeed the, the company was relatively small. Um, they were looking, at that department for a, um, yeah, what, what was called a coordinator. They were really scaling up from having individual um, forensic uh, uh, investigators working individually on cases or in very small ad hoc teams to working in, in uh, larger larger teams and have a coordinator who would sort of divide the work, deal with the customers and all that. And, yeah, I could actually fill that role and with that yeah, literally have every incoming phone call come via my desk. Uh, and, and, and yeah, that, that gave me a very good insight into what was happening. Uh, I could review every report that went out, but I could also um, yeah dip in into the technical work whenever uh, it fitted my background. So uh, yeah, that sends a really good learning ground uh, in, in those uh, years to uh, get, get very well acquainted with the technical side and also the more yeah, I guess managerial, report writing, all those elements of uh, yeah. doing investigations, doing incident response. Incident response.
0: And can you give an example of a of a cool incident response case or a forensics analytics? Yeah, executive? it's it's
1: um I think it has really evolved in because in the first Fox IT days, we were uh, a lot of the Cases were still because we were a forensic uh, investigation company, we could also do um, investigations that involved uh, actual people. So in those days there was still a lot of misconduct of IT systems in in every, uh, in every thinkable way with, which included like people watching porn at work, uh, but also um, yeah of course stealing money from their employers, whatever you could think of. Um, but it, at towards the end of my my fox career, it evolved more into what we call now incident response. And yeah, yeah then we had the first wave of uh, internet banking attacks, which I think were really interesting because um, yeah, then they were new in the technical aspects. So there were way yeah elements where the banks could not really detect what was going on um, because the yeah the 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 criminals were using a new way where you. It was really hard to us to see on the receiving end, like, Hey, is this actually the, the normal customer or is this the criminal? And, and often you would see a switch in IP address or in browser because it was, uh, yeah, like a, a man in the middle attack, as it's called. Now it was man in the browser. So the, 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 the malware was actually part of the victim's computer, uh, so to say. And, um, and, and that was, uh, yeah, I think a really, uh, yeah, nice wave, sort of to be to to be involved in because the you had this really this cat and mouse game of us helping the banks to detect those attacks. Um, yeah, the banks involve improving their detection, criminals improving their methods, and sort of back and forth uh, all the time. And. Yeah, that was, a, uh, those were definitely a very interesting cases to, uh, to work on. And yeah, I said, we didn't really call it instant response then. But yeah, since then, and later at Verizon and Deloitte as well, um, yeah, it grew more into those kinds of uh, kinds of attacks.
0: And you were a pretty young guy still at that point. And then maybe uh, somebody from the bank calls you as, as a coordinator and says, this is the situation. Yeah. We're <laughs> under a lot of stress right now. We, we need your help. How, how was it for you?
1: Yeah, it it, it was indeed, especially. I, I, I think that was sort of the the mindset at Fox in general. I think in those days, so, and, and probably still actually, uh, sort of like, yeah, this this base of of these very uh, yeah enthusiastic but very young uh, people, um, where I think we we had. Um, really this mindset indeed of like yeah whenever we got a call um we were like okay even if we haven't seen this before let's go let's figure it out uh and we had a i think it helped that we had a, a, a good manager of our department who also helped us to in in elements like okay um we are young um, but let's at least um, put on the suit the tie and, and let's look professional let's behave professional and, and all that and yeah of course it's silly as it sounds but at least those things I think helped to to show like okay these these guys really know what they're talking about uh, and that's uh, um, yeah. but still indeed it was like uh, often yeah you, you, you might have felt a little bit out of your depth like okay what are we going to do now um, yeah. but I think that is also something that I've always try to to get across to people in my teams like it's it's okay not to know everything uh, and especially if you are an, an incident responder you almost by definition um get into an unknown situation and um yeah don't bluff your way uh, into it but be honest and say if you don't know everything and and maybe there's a exotic type of unix that you've never seen before well there's probably a, a unix admin at this customer they might not know the forensic uh, way of working but we know that uh, let's let them sit together and and try to to get through this uh, together and th- th- there's no yeah th- th- there's no shame in, in saying that you don't know everything yeah
0: that oh, that's uh, that's very interesting because you're uh, more or less on the, the front end of the hacker evolution uh, what what's new you see come yeah. by yeah
1: i yeah, know exactly and and and, and so, so that element, I think we we could with we we could justifiable <laughs> or provable say, yeah, we we probably know what's going on there, and and even then you still learn new things along the way. Um, but yeah, then then so we know that we know how to secure evidence in a forensically sound way. Uh, we know how to write a report that that you can use in a courtroom. Um, but yeah, we might not know every piece of technology under the sun. So let's at least work together on that. Uh,
0: yeah, but also for banks, it's. They of course have a big IT department as well, and that they then have to reach out to to Fox IT back then, and yeah. now there are others in the market. But that's uh, that's also uh, scary for them, perhaps that they don't have the specialist in house. And I think now that's very common, yeah. but back then,
1: yeah. But then I think that that's that's probably also there. It's probably not 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 a shame to say you don't know everything, right? So so everybody has their. Uh, uh, like the have uh the, the sort of the first responders who can hand out band-aids and aspirin uh, and, yeah. and deal with, with first emergencies yeah. when there is like a, yeah, a person getting sick or uh, getting wounded on the uh, on, on the work floor um, but those people are especially also very well trained to say okay by this point um, this is getting beyond my knowledge uh, let's let's call in an ambulance and yeah, I think it is a little bit the same there, and not. Of course, Shell has their emergency fire department, but yeah, not every company needs a, an emergency fire department. Uh, yeah,
0: same as with the uh, the hacking industry, the cybersecurity. Yeah, and so. no, exactly.
1: Yeah. So that's. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, and you became a, a coordinator and a team manager at a young age. What is something that you had to learn the hard way as a manager?
1: I'm probably by nature, um, so I'm not very confrontational, uh, and and probably and, and that helps on one hand because then in in situations where that involves maybe a team or a group, I'll probably have the group figure it out to a certain extent, and then I'll be like, okay, then let's we'll we'll do it this way. Um, but of course, if you are at some point like the yeah the the, the manager, the boss, the, the person that people look to, there might be situations where people are also really expecting you to say, okay, we're going to go this way um, and this is my decision. And I think I'm not always, I might sometimes wait a little bit too long or maybe even avoid that, uh, taking that decision from time to time. And especially in those early days when I was... When I felt like, okay, I'm new to this company, I'm new to this field, yeah. why do I even have this role? Uh, there, uh, <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, well, maybe, maybe not that because I, I did actually really like it, but there were at least some situations where, where we had to set up sort of team structures and processes, and, and I might have let the group process evolve a little bit too long where, yeah, people might have expected at some point to say, hey, um, we're just going to do this way, that's... Yeah, but yeah, that's a, you. You you learn along the way, I guess. That's yeah, a,
0: but it's great to be out of your comfort zone. Yeah, uh, at that young age already. And after Fox IT, you joined uh, Verizon, also as a, a principal, uh, yeah, person, and uh, again in forensics. Yeah, I think you worked on a lot of international uh, forensics and incident response cases. Is there one particular that you remember from from that area?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's. Um yeah, so so we, indeed we worked a lot of because inter- we we had a relatively small but very experienced team and we were covering yeah the whole EMEA, so Europe Middle East uh, Africa region uh, and also working regularly with our colleagues in the US. So that was indeed really the time where you had like the sort of the flight case with your equipment well almost next to your bed uh, ready to go and and saw a lot of planes and hotels uh, in those days. Um, I think there, we we did a lot of work for the payment card industry uh, in those days and. Um there we had a one case that, that I really enjoyed was like for a financial institution, for a bank, um, where it was one of those cases that started off seemingly small, where we were like, okay, this is probably internal fraud. we It looked like it came from a certain room, and then it could only be a handful of people on that team. Um, but gradually, it actually expanded into, okay, this is probably something from the outside, and um we, one of my colleagues drew the sort of the network diagram of all the affected systems which started like with four computers and it kept growing and growing and growing and at some point included pretty much the the whole company including a subsidiary in another country through which the in this case the the criminals uh, had gotten in and it turned out this was like a yeah really sophisticated attack hacker group that had been inside for months already and we could see they had been studying um, procedures, uh, figuring out how certain processes worked, how certain systems worked. And yeah, the thing that we were actually called in to investigate was only sort of the tip of the iceberg. And um, yeah, it. did resulted in a long uh, sort of security program uh, at, at that bank to overhaul and imp- further improve their uh, their their security uh, but that was really one of those cases w- where you come in on a well it was a, the 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 traditional cliche friday uh, afternoon and you think we'll be out here by monday um but we were we were there for months uh, and uh, that's uh, so that was definitely one that that's. Um, and yeah. how
0: did they get in? Eventually, did you?
1: Yeah, well, it it is via um, a marketing website. So, so yeah, one of those. So something that is not considered very important: marketing website of other country had a database connected. You via the database, you could execute uh, yeah certain commands on that server that server you could hop to another system and and then through that they gradually made their way into the other country to the domain uh, to the domain server and uh, yeah that's uh, so we could indeed really trace those steps back uh, there it's uh, and interestingly enough because we were staying um, in in this particular city uh, of course in in a hotel for a long time. A um, f- few months later, we were investigating uh, another case again involving payment card fraud at a hotel chain um which turned out to be that same hotel chain <laughs> okay. um, started in a completely different city uh but yeah a few n- through a number of traces we actually got to that same to that same city again and, and one of them. my <laughs> one of my colleagues indeed then found his own credit card number in in the yeah the list of stolen credit card numbers uh, oh. it's, uh Yeah, So there were some of these cases where um, the the investigation sort of came together uh, to to a certain extent.
0: And how does it feel? Because on the one hand, you come in just to research a a little incident, it seems, and then you discover it's so much bigger than everybody thought. On the one hand, it's exciting and also means that you guys are doing your job very well. But for the customer, it's also very... Um, yeah, uh, difficult to to see the real consequences, but maybe you are deep down also excited. Like oh, this is such a smart way how they they've yeah, done this. It, it
1: it is, and 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 I think to to a certain extent, yeah. I'm not saying cust- victims customers are excited as well because that that's that's of course not true. <laughs> yes. uh, but but there are probably elements of excitement as well because this is yeah this is this is new this is different from of course the the normal job that that people are doing um yeah people do actually get excited of playing Sherlock Holmes a little bit uh, so yeah the, the IT departments and and people involved do share a little bit of that excitement and maybe even some of the admiration as well like yeah. wow uh, i thought we did did this pretty well but this is actually a really clever way um so there's an element of that, um, and there's also, I think, often the the uh, and and it's getting better, but but especially in those days, the element of yeah, I, I've been saying this for so long. They've they uh, sort of meaning upper management in many cases have never listened, um, and in a way, you can also use that to yeah, build sort of a connection and say, okay, yeah, well, um, I'm here now for whatever reason. Uh, they're listening to us as the outside consultants. Um, Let's see if we can, um, yeah, use some of the stuff you've been saying for a long time. Maybe we can, can of course, put it in in the recommendations as well. And um, yeah, that might help your case. Um, yeah. So, so there are some of those elements. And again, I'm not saying people are welcoming an incident, of course, but there is. I guess it's this element of never waste a good crisis that that victims do see uh, in in these situations. And part of it is excitement of being playing Sherlock Holmes. Part of it is like, okay, this. Finally, shows where yeah some of the long overdue investments that we need. Because
0: uh, how smart are the attackers then? Because if there's a sense of ad- admiration, is it just hard labor, or are you fighting really brilliant people on the other side as well?
1: Sometimes it's br- sometimes it's brilliant, but I think in many cases it's also just smart, as in yeah taking taking a, the, the the most economically sensible route. I guess so. In in I think in many cases the method chosen is just um, yeah the one that, that that gets you in without being detected, but that also doesn't take months and months of work if yeah. if it's not necessary. So very often it's also a matter of. of yeah, the e- economic decisions that, that drive the method that's being used and, and not necessarily technical innovation. And that's, I think, also something that we should keep in mind that it's um we're, we often focus on the, the, the new and shiny and, and, yeah. and, and exciting stuff. Uh, but, yeah, let's not forget the more mundane fundamental methods because... If that works, that's the one that an attacker is going to use uh, and he's, he or she is, is not going to use a zero day if it's not necessary.
0: Uh, yeah, they're also efficient.
1: Yeah, as yeah, possible. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, and after uh, Verizon, you decided to join Deloitte. You worked there yeah. for, for eight and a half years, also really climbed the ladder. And what I know is is that, especially during those years, uh, Deloitte really grew a lot and the the, the the cyber risk advisory department, I believe, really grew a lot in revenues, but yep. also in the amount of people. What do you think was the secret
1: back then? Yeah, it's also and, and that's especially I think in the, the Dutch team because for, for my first number of years I um, uh, I, I worked in, still in the London office for and I was also based in London um, but especially the Dutch team uh, that where I, that I joined in 2015 um, grew a lot um, I think what they did really well and that was I definitely cannot take credit because they already started that before I joined but. Um, they really started to um, in, invest in sort of yeah technical profiles already early on, and and also recognize that um, to make to be an attractive employer that you cannot just um, yeah whenever whenever people enter the building put them on the same blue suit get, make them sort of push them through the mold and make them do the same standard work because that's not what excites technical talent. Um, you need to offer them maybe a different career path. Uh, yeah, different types of projects. And yeah, the, the the Dutch team already started doing that since, I guess, 20, uh, 2010 or maybe even a little bit before that. Um, and that, that built a great mix of very capable technical people. And um, then adding the more strategic business insights that, of course, is, is also sort of typical Deloitte, uh, made it, created a very powerful combination. My hiring criterias
0: and you also became the the director for the whole department i think the for 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 people talent and and recruitment i assume you hired a lot of people or were involved in a lot of hiring processes what do you usually look for when hiring a a young cybersecurity professional yeah
1: um yeah i i'm looking for for words like sort of I- interest, passion, and, and, and that always sounds a little bit cheesy. So that's why I'm hesitating also a little <laughs> bit. Um, but but I guess it's a little bit jumping back to the Fox IT days because then we we also sort of hired for yeah for interest and curiosity and, and yeah a passion for the field. And we had the, the vision that there's no formal security education anyway, so we're going to teach them on the job as long as they have the right mindset. And they are nice to work with. Um, yeah, let's give it a go. And I think that is something that I that I've always looked for. Uh, so so yeah, that and that also that, because that also automatically yeah really widens your or, uh, yeah potential the pool. pool. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, all of a sudden this. A f- former photographer is v- could be very interesting, or this historian, or yeah, all sorts of people that you might uh, ha- have already rejected based on a quick CV check um, could be a very good candidates. Uh, well, how,
0: how did you measure back then? How, how do you measure for curiosity?
1: yeah that that's that's
0: everybody can say i'm really interested yeah, in no, the field is, and it it i is, read yeah. a little bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but but i think you 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 what, what i at least tried was was then to um uh in in, in, the, in the interviews to yeah maybe even do stuff like give give sort of a mini case uh and yeah jointly work through that and um and then again also so part of it is looking at a broad profile, also defining the field in, in broad terms, because I think, yeah, the, if you only consider security to be a technical uh, field, again, you're ruling out uh, a very relevant set of skills, uh, because I think the problem is often not so much a technical problem, but far more often about yeah, maybe influencing the business or getting the right budget or setting the right priorities. Um, yeah, you don't need a hacker to do that. In fact, the hacker will get very bored if you ask him or her to do that. Um, so so I think that also helps. And in, 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 in then in those kinds of cases as well to, to sure, maybe dabble a little bit on the, the technical elements if that was right for the role or the person. But you could also add in a case like, yeah, there's there's a new uh, maybe a new CISO, and they ask you for their priorities. Um, this is sort of the situation. Where would you start? What are the questions? Uh, what do you think is important? And uh, yeah, yeah, I
0: think that that's very good to to wider the pool and and also search for the the uncommon profile right? i think that that's yeah, no, uh, that's I very valuable
1: I, I, it's it's valuable but the pool the pool the funnel gets bigger uh the t- but the team also gets better because uh, it's nice to work yeah. in such a
0: multidisciplinary yeah, yeah. team no you know? and yeah. i think
1: that is that that's definitely something that worked very well in in, in uh, at the dutch deloitte team uh, where you had this yeah you had these technical teams but you had this also this this strategy team as it was called and Yeah, in in all these teams, we try to have very different profiles. But yeah, especially working together, you created a good mix of not only sort of finding. Problems or bugs or whatever, but also being able to transform a department or a company and yeah, really make it make a change because that is still something that security struggles with uh, in many many cases.
0: And uh, when it comes to certifications, you you got the two most famous certifications yourself, I think. Is it something you also would look for as a
1: hiring yeah. manager? Yes and no, I guess it's it's it it, it does show, I guess a. Uh, yeah to it does shows i guess stamina of of being able to <laughs> especially something like c i s s p where which is just yeah a very broad range of topics um yeah lots of study material um so yes it 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 shows that it shows a certain breadth of, of uh, knowledge as well um but then again i've i've worked with incredibly brilliant people who didn't have any of these certifications. So I wouldn't be, wouldn't bluntly reject a CV just because none of these is on there.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah. And then uh, to to jump back to your career after Deloitte in the the heart of a global pandemic, you decide to leave Deloitte after eight and a half years and and join Microsoft. Yeah. What was so attractive about that uh, opportunity?
1: Yeah, it was a little... And, and actually, but when I made the decision, I, I of course, did, well the pandemic was slowly starting, but by, by no means already uh, evolving. Uh, I actually, I handed in or, or sort of told told uh, our managing partner that I was leaving on the day of the first uh, lockdown uh, or the first working from home uh, day. So um, definitely didn't have a feeling yet how how that was going to evolve. Um, but that aside. Um, yeah, it, it, what was attractive? I, I, I had always said that, like, if I'm ever going to do something else, it's probably not going to be at another consultancy where you're pretty much doing the same thing with a different logo on the building. And I already felt like I was playing for probably the, the, one of the best, if not the best team in the Netherlands. Um, so I had always said, if, if I'm going to do something else, it it's Probably, you know, I'll be at the other side of the table, um, yeah, whether it is uh, some sort of security officer or whatever role it would be, Um, but I had, but I then always added like, but at least it needs to be somewhere where they take security seriously, um, and yeah, that's, I think that's definitely the case in uh, at Microsoft, uh, that, that last part. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and what I liked about the role, as, as I said in, in the beginning, it of course, especially this this sort of this ambassador part, um, already at Deloitte, I gave a lot of, of presentations, did a lot of conference speaking and so on. And I really liked that part uh, of, of the role that was... To, and I had a little bit of that same feeling I had at Fox IT when I had the job spec, like, okay, Again, this is me. Uh, my name's not on top, uh, and yeah, that that sort of uh, it, it, yeah it encouraged me to yeah get into that first coffee conversation, uh, explore it a bit further, and uh, felt like okay, this is actually um, an exciting role. Uh, it's a, a company that takes security. Indeed, incredibly seriously uh that invests a lot in security um, and and does security at scale um, that's I think something that is yeah almost scary a little bit uh the the the, the numbers uh, of well of, of attacks of products uh all, all that so uh, yeah there's lots lots to be done there's lots to protect there's there's the stakes are high the the um and and we always say as a yeah, large cloud provider, you sort of inherit all your customers, well, compliance requirements, first of all. So you need to uh, be aware of, of yeah, local legislation and all sorts of compliance schemes in every industry under the sun. But you also inherit everybody's attack model from ranging from the script kitty to the nation state and everything in between. And um, yeah, that yeah. makes it a very exciting uh, world to be part of.
0: Yeah, I can imagine if you also work with with uh, all the municipalities and, and, and the government institutions and a lot of them also uh, are fully depending on Microsoft. That it's it's really the stakes are incredibly high. That that must be uh it also gives a, a good feeling, I assume. Uh
1: yeah, as, as long as we as we do our job <laughs> right, of course. No, but but the jokes aside that's uh um, yeah, you know, that that is something that is that is uh, yeah. Again, sometimes a little bit scary, uh, uh, but um, yeah, if we if we do it well, it is it, it is something where you really make an impact, indeed. Where, where maybe something that is only a small change in the product, uh, yeah, influences uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of companies and organizations worldwide. But uh... the big security opportunity.
0: I also hear some criticism from from cybersecurity professionals and. That's that they say this is a unique opportunity because everybody's moving towards the cloud. That that is the unique opportunity to really enhance cybersecurity levels all across the globe. But that uh, companies such as Microsoft, uh, in this case with Azure, that it's it's uh, it's sort of a false uh, sense of security because if you go to the cloud, you all of a sudden hope that everything's protected and without the right configurations, you're still very uh, vulnerable. And also the sort of the add-ons that Microsoft offers when it comes to security, they're usually very expensive. And also if you want to hire a consultant or implementation person from Microsoft, that your bills are really through the roof so that some people feel companies just take the Azure package. But then uh, the security part is not really looked after because some of the companies already expect that uh, when once you're in the cloud, everything's okay. But you probably have heard this story from time to time as well. <laughs> What's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I think I think especially the first part is very is a very valid one that like, like you should really and uh, uh, try to understand uh, uh, clouds first of all. Really understand what is the, the the type of cloud we're even talking about because very often. It's sort of all mixed together, and yeah, cloud is almost seen as a synonym for for big tech. Uh, And and um, it it is really different if you're talking about a let's say a social media company that's focused on consumers versus an enterprise cloud provider uh, with uh, um, yeah not only the technical measures involved but also the contractual arrangements that are in place. So. uh, so that is, I think, a very important element to to understand, uh, and with that to to really understand this, yeah, what we call this this shared responsibility model, um, and that is back to what I, what I think I said when I just tried to describe my role. Um, what does Microsoft do? What should I do as a customer? And yeah, what are elements where there might even be some some choices to be made? And. Um, yeah, that if, if you don't fully understand that, um, yeah, there, there might indeed be elements where people are like, okay, I'm I'm in the cloud, I'm safe now or yeah. I'm secure now, where that might not be the case if you, yeah, make make certain choices. That's uh, so I think that that's definitely an important element, and I think there's also an element of um, trying to ideally understand that that. Cloud can be a really different model in many ways. So we should also not just say, "Okay, we're going to take everything that frankly hasn't really worked in the data center for twenty years and move it to the cloud." Um, yeah, that's you should probably also rearchitect some things anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, and that's also not something that that is always done. That's, uh,
0: but Microsoft is is from a historical perspective more seen as a software provider, and and now you have an awesome product, but but the blueprint might not fit all different companies and all different industries, but still all these companies and industries are adapting yeah. to it. But uh, maybe there are not enough uh, consultants that from Microsoft that can actually do the work. I know you guys have a lot of partners that yeah. can do that, but maybe there's uh, a unique opportunity to really help the whole world, but that Microsoft sticks to the idea, okay, we're... We are a software company, and and that's it. That's how we make our money.
1: Yeah, I think we're we're really, and and again, I'm, I'm of course a Microsoft newbie. So I'm, uh, who am I to to talk about how how we have changed? But from what I've heard and what I see, um, I, I think, and that that's really, I think Satya Nadella's uh, yeah, like way of of uh, of Satya Nadella's uh, approach. Really, he has really transformed. The company from from this traditional, okay, we'll sell, we'll sell you a license and yeah, pr- sort of bluntly said as, as soon as we ship you the CD, we get the money and we don't really care if you use it or not. Of course, uh, exaggerating a little bit, but um, to to really this model where we yeah make our money with not only selling you the initial subscription but also um, yeah we really need it to be used. Uh, yeah, so that has really evolved into. Yeah, even changing the whole setup of, of the teams. You don't need only sales teams, but you also need sort of after sales teams. You need teams that work with customers to say, okay, now you have signed up for uh, this this for Azure with, with these elements to it. Um, now let's work with you to see that you can actually uh, really uh, use it um, so that it benefits you. So I think there we, we've and and again i'm 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 a newcomer so i cannot really compare but there it feels like we we are really uh, still in this transition and but have come a long way to become uh, a company that really works with our customers yeah. uh, on on this journey
0: well, I think you're very gifted in in a sense that you can combine so you, you do have the business mindset and you can build bridges but you also have the the technical background
1: yeah no, I'll, at least I'll try <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that that's uh, yeah no that's something that, that uh, I, I try to do as much as I can uh, and, yeah. and yeah that that's back to that I guess that design uh, or economics uh, thing we talked about where yeah you many people well, first of all, we, what, what, what we're doing—we're we're not protecting computer systems, but we try to help people do their jobs in a, yeah, in, in, in a reliable way and, and do their jobs with confidence. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that notion is not always there in every security professional. But uh, I think there's a lot to gain if we, yeah, keep that a little bit more in mind. Like, for who are we doing this? Um, yeah, these are not all IT or security professionals. And as much as we can focus on awareness, they won't build as much of the knowledge and interest as we want them to do because they just want to do their jobs. Um, and yeah, let's try to build more. Sort of forgiving, false tolerant systems, uh, yeah, that 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 uh, actually allow you to make a few mistakes along the way, uh, and and uh, yeah, one one click on the wrong link shouldn't immediately result in your company be on the front page uh, the day after.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, looking at the future, is there still some problem that you really would like to solve? And um, also looking at that ambassadorship, maybe. You want uh, security to be more involved in 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 the boardrooms that that it's it's more spread throughout the companies or are there other aspects that you would really like to solve?
1: Yeah, I think the, the boardroom element I think is improving. I think many boards are at least understanding like this. Yeah, this this security, this cyber thing. I'm reading a lot about this. Uh, we we should probably do something with this and. Um, yeah, I think what I would really like, in general, I think is is that the security profession, yeah, it broad keep keeps broadening its its scope, uh, as in incorporating insights from other disciplines. Uh, understands that that we're not always these special snowflakes that have to solve new problems. Uh, a lot of our problems have already been solved or at least thought about by other disciplines. Uh, so, yeah, let's not invent a um the, well let's say an awareness campaign trying to steer people's behavior um let's us techies should not invent that if we have a marketing department who has been doing this for decades um or if we're looking at um I don't know, uh, maybe influencing, uh, um, again, choices that people make when configuring a product. Um, Yeah, there's lots of economics, behavioral psychology uh, kind of research being done. Um, Yeah, let's try to incorporate that as much as we can and not reinvent the wheel uh, every time.
0: Yeah, but I like that you're saying this because it also goes back to what you guys did with Deloitte that you already hired a lot of people from different disciplines. Maybe that's also where the secret... That that uh, you first have to start with bringing in different people from different backgrounds that go into the security teams that can maybe build that bridge more easily with the rest of uh, the company. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: I think I think that that's definitely an an approach where which at least I'm convinced is 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 the way forward. Uh, and and indeed, if if because I think a lot of the challenges are again not not necessarily technical and and. Um, I often say we don't have a bug-finding problem in security. We have a bug-fixing problem. Uh, And, and yeah, instead of keeping to focus again on finding new stuff and and breaking things, and, yes, there's a lot of fun in in that. I know, and I've I've, I've done that, and I've had teams who've done that, sure, but many organizations really struggle with actually fixing uh, stuff, even stuff that's already very well-known and that's been well-known for years, if not decades yeah. Um, and helping them with that again doesn't really, or doesn't necessarily require you to have a, a cybersecurity degree or be in, and have your OSCP or whatever. Um, but yeah, you you can just as well uh, solve if you are um, well uh, an archaeologist uh, or whatever else.
0: <laughs> yeah, and for for the 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 people that are listening that are not yet in the cybersecurity field but but uh, would maybe like to tap into it what what advice would you give them or what makes it so exciting to to work in this industry
1: yeah i, th- I think it is well, without wanting to repeat <laughs> repeat myself too much but i think it is at least for me it is really this this yeah this, this broad and with that actually hard uh elements of of, of the fields uh yes it's technical and and it's at the forefront of technology when when yeah. we spoke about these these incidents um but it's also about uh, it's about behavior it's about economy at scale actually uh it's about a um yeah it's, it, it's a little bit like a a tragedy of the commons problem uh yeah some people uh, need to to change their behavior for the whole well, community almost to to benefit. Uh, so there's there's lots of very interesting elements. Whether you are a techie, behavior behaviorist, psychologist, economist, marketeer. well, we, we we can use all these kinds of of backgrounds uh, in our field, and they can all do very meaningful work. Uh, I would say,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's very nice, and it also brought you all, all across the the world. So, so I think it's it's definitely an exciting profession as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: no, indeed, and and yeah, and actually, I'm thinking about that. Be, even in those incident situations, right? Sure. Again, you need people to who can reverse engineer malware and who can can dive through millions of lines of log files, but you also need people who can help the boardroom to keep their heads cool, or who can draft a communication strategy. Or who can help prioritize? Um, so even if you don't have a technical background, you, you could still be involved in those sort of uh, yeah incident in response firefighting uh, kind of cases as long as you have the right yeah, curiosity and um, can hopefully keep your head cool uh, a little bit. The Container Gate.
0: And I want to end with with two questions. And, and the first one is, if you look back at uh, so say 2010 the state of cybersecurity, so the, so the battle between the, the good guys and the bad guys. If you compare it to now, so so 12 years later, are is, is the world doing a better job or are we slowly losing the battle?
1: I think we're, yeah, I think we're, we're in general doing better um and, and because
0: you're not convincing
1: no me yeah yet. I'm, 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 I'm thinking a little <laughs> bit while i'm answering no i think in, in many aspects i think we're, we're doing better also but mainly also because the topic is just so much more visible and it has gotten so much more attention so it's not anymore like in those days when i was trying to explain my job you got this sort of these like glassy eyes like okay a nerd. Um, is there somebody else at this party <laughs> I can speak to because I don't understand a single word and of what this guy is side. telling? <laughs> and now, indeed, people are at least—well, not that maybe—but at least they'll, they'll immediately be like, "Okay, I've actually experienced an incident myself, or my WhatsApp WhatsApp has been hacked, or my my company has gone through a ransomware case, whatever." At least people know about the the subject. Um, what I I'm hesitating a little bit because we, we what we're seeing more and more. Um, is of course this more physical impact and that has been predicted I think for a long time Um, but yeah I was and I've been a little bit involved in the whole Maersk case which of course was very well known yeah there I, I really had this the feeling when 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 you walk into a building where, um, yeah, the, the security gates are open. You have to sign in manually with a piece of paper. There's the lifts don't work. There's stacks of laptops with signs like, "I don't use uh, as mandated by IT." Um, you cannot print because there's no printers. Uh, you cannot call anybody because the phones are uh, on IP technology. Um, yeah, the the instant response team is communicating via a personal WhatsApp because there's no other way to reach each other. Um, and of course, you see these in this case these large cranes in the harbor of Rotterdam uh, that that have came to a standstill with piles of containers and a line of ships, a line of shipping, uh, a line of trucks uh, on on the land side. Yeah, then you all of a sudden realize, okay, it's not just about the email not working anymore or yeah. virtual bank accounts being robbed. Um, yeah, this is actually affecting the real world now. And um, yeah, that, that is, I think, um, yeah, something that shows that the responsibility of our field has, has I think, grown even more. Uh, and, and yeah, with the, the added visibility and awareness in the boardroom, I think there is a great opportunity. The I think the boardrooms are sort of like looking at us like, tell us what to do and yeah it's really up to us security professionals to come with a I think slightly better answer than we're still doing from time to time so yeah and that's back to the incorporating other disciplines and, and looking for more um, yeah, or better interaction with yeah, the business if you can call it that. Yeah
0: I, but it's really interesting that you've really been there during times of war, basically, that you actually see see the impact on uh, this global uh, container company that, that that will affect the whole world. That's uh, yeah, that that's a unique moment. maybe a lot of people don't realize what what the imp- uh, implications can be.
1: No, indeed, and it's I think that is and in general, people don't understand. I think the impact of an incident, and I think especially ransomware is is very yeah crippling destroying uh or destructive type of attack that of course is is very uh, uh yeah very prevalent uh, very very common these days um i think that is something that that i could not recommend enough uh, again having been in a lot of incidents to to really think about stuff going wrong before it's actually going wrong uh so prepare for for the war in times of peace uh yeah. and and yeah, you go through even something as simple as going through a, a sort of an, an, a, a small fire drill, a mock incident. Um, take a fictitious scenario um, and yeah, take your plan from the drawer and get the right people in the room. And you very quickly see stuff that breaks because you might not have the right disciplines in the room. Um, you might not have the right agreements with your uh, IT, your service providers. Um, you might not know their contact details. Very silly, practical stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, you can better practice that in the safety uh, of of, a, of an incident drill than a real incident. And yeah, by doing that, you you hopefully become a lot more effective uh, if if you are in the middle of an actual uh, problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a very a very good recommendation. Yeah. Did you also see the differences? One, I, I squeeze in one more question. But yeah, did you really see see the difference? between companies that already went to a sort of a fire drill and, and when it actually happened they were better prepared and
1: yeah no, I, I think that they uh, you see a lot of, still that there's a lot of an uh, incident is is by definition a lot of uncertainties and you have to take decisions in uncertainty um but i think teams that have rehearsed better um yeah they actually do that and they don't be, because it's very um, easy to, for example, fall into this analysis paralysis. You'll be like, okay, what if the, we don't fully understand the situation yet, but if the IT team works on it for another day, we might know a little bit more. Uh, or if we yeah, wait for whatever other thing going on, we might know a little bit more and sort of postpone taking actual decisions. And I think well-rehearsed teams, well-trained teams, yeah do that a lot better they say okay i don't really understand the situation yet but based on what i know right now this is what we're going to do we're going to revise the situation tomorrow at this time um and yeah maybe we have to adjust course a little bit but yeah they really get going Uh, and they have a lot of practical stuff in place so they might have a, a plan on how to communicate they might have boilerplate statements already at hand um their, their legal team is fully briefed, um, so yeah, there's decision making is better, and a lot of practical stuff is already in place.
0: And there's so much work involved already during this fired rail situation. Yeah, there's yeah, so yeah, much no, of it stuff it is. But to, it's, uh, to think and, and, but,
1: but in a way, it's, it's it's also a fun thing to do. It's it's uh, yeah. Again, there's a, there's a of course it's it's a terrible situation, but there is a share of excitement in many cases as well. Uh, um, so, yeah even those those drills are very realistic and uh and help you to yeah to to bring bring in this case the incident response team together uh, and and maybe br- build new insights um uh, that that you can use even without an incident already
0: yeah I mean, maybe that you can even share with with the industry that, yeah. that, that would also be great yeah oh you're a true ambassador yeah <laughs> <laughs> really enjoy this uh, this conversation uh but looking at the time, uh I would like to ask you the, the final question. And um that is if there's one signal message you can send to all the CISOs across the world, what would it say? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing your best <laughs> skills but
1: here. But uh, I I'm not sure all the CISOs are on Signal, so I should probably <laughs> use WhatsApp right now. Um
0: a good yeah. CISO should be on Signal, I I guess.
1: Yeah. I think it's um yeah, the I, I'm de- debating between two. Well, one is, uh, is is really still about uh, please enable <laughs> enable MFA, so multi-factor authentication. Uh, and of course, I know many of them have already done that. But I think that is still such an incredibly effective uh, mechanism uh, that that at least makes a lot of account still account based attacks. Uh, yeah, a lot harder. So that's one. But I would probably also say something along the lines of, uh, it's about the people, stupid, uh, sort of kindly, mildly paraphrasing. Uh, I think it was Bill Clinton in this case. Um, but really, to, to, because I think that is still something that's overlooked. Uh, we still think it's, it's only about technology and systems. But we, yeah, like I said earlier, we forget it's about our colleagues or our customers or our families who try to use technology. In a yeah reliable way and uh, yeah that that's uh, something that we uh, we should really ke- get between the ears uh, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, I love that. It, it it's about the people, stupid. That's uh, a nice way to uh, to end the podcast. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. I, re- I really enjoyed this and uh, I learned a lot about also the current state of cybersecurity and also what uh, what the, the 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 cloud solutions will uh, will bring us. And uh, in general, just very nice how enthusiastic you are. Uh, I think you're really a true uh, security ambassador. So that's uh, that's great. Keep up the good work.
1: All right. Well, I enjoyed uh, doing this. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the invite.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cyber Security Talks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode with the latest trends, war stories, and exciting career anecdotes. If you enjoyed the show, please review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, Could you do me one small favor? Could you please share this podcast with one friend that you think would like the show just as much as you do? Thank you. And for all further information, please go to csrecruitment.nl slash talks and subscribe to this podcast. We will be back with another exciting episode in just two weeks. So see you next
1: time and stay safe.